Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bath Comedia. Please welcome a man who's been acting as unpaid tech advisor to his parents. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Oh, wow, you, you're so much better than last week's. Last week's audience weren't this good. What happened? Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's lovely spa town podcast. I'm in a lovely spa town. Uh, though I was hanging around at the Herschel Museum of uh, Astronomy uh, where uh, uh, a woman asked, uh, do you know that Uranus was discovered in Bath? And it led to a misunderstanding. Uh, but we're now married. Uh, apparently, though, uh, William Herschel's sister Caroline uh, called it Rahulastapa. Uh, but William Herschel took all the credit. So it's, um, it's quite a classy joke. That's quite a classy for a Uranus. Something I thought was going to go Uranus. I did do a bit of that, it has to be said. So, um, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been staying in Cheddar overnight uh, after... Uh, 
three and four weeks ago gigs in Exeter. Uh, I've, I've stayed there for three or four weeks, I guess. Uh, and I'm sure this is true for everyone. This is like a terrible piece of observational comedy. But when you, when you go back to your parents, when they're, they're in their late 80s now, all you have to do is fix all of their technical stuff. I've, literally all I've been doing. So their TV, they couldn't see their recordings. Uh, it was, I'm unfamiliar with BT. I thought, I'm never going to mend, mend this. But I just said, I'll turn the whole thing on and off again. And it worked. So that was good. <laughs> um, but they were already loved me. My dad had locked himself out of his Tesco bank app. <laughs> Fucking hell, this was... This was hard. He had a letter saying he had a new security code, but there was five figures on the app and six figures on the security code. So I had to go to the website, put that in, do all this stuff, redo the... He didn't know his username. So I had to find out his username by adding loads of details. Then he didn't know his account number or sort codes. So I had to find that on the letter. Uh, Then it said, we've sent a text to the mobile. Uh, And I said, where's your mobile, Dad? He said, I don't know. I'm not sure that I have a mobile. <laughs> I thought, we're not going to get through this, are we? And so I think we've got 10 minutes to find this mobile. The phone rang, and then I thought, oh, maybe they're texting via the phone line, they're like the landline. That shows how much I know about technology. Uh, but it was my niece, my dad's granddaughter, who had just received a text from Tesco's <laughs> with a code on it. So, fucking hell. I wish I'd stayed at Premier Inn. I, I mean, it was free. It was free, but... His iPad wasn't charging him. I had to give him a new lead. 15 quid down the fucking toilet. Look, we've got a fantastic guest this week. He is, of course, you're here because he's best known as Moroccan Bob in Hollyoaks Later. That's, that's why we're... That's why we've come out to see him. Will you please welcome the incredible Jared Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Bath's own. He's from Bath, more or less. Thanks, mate. That's all right. That's all right. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. Good to be seen by you. <laughs> oh, good. This is going to be fun. Um, do you remember being on Hollyoaks later? Absolutely do. Yeah, how yeah, was that? Yeah, because I got on a bit of shit. Did you? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, Moroccan Bob. Um, I auditioned for the part, got it. Um, thank you. And uh, I, uh, I did really well. Yeah. I did really well because it was only meant to be one episode. Yeah. But after my recording, they went, we fucking want this guy back. <laughs> Even though my character died. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Hollyoaks, isn't it? So it yeah. doesn't matter. They're like, fucking, doesn't matter about that script. We wrote that in five minutes. Um, so I quickly got written into the next episode. Right. Uh, and we filmed on a Tuesday in Liverpool. And then on the Wednesday, I went to Edinburgh, uh, did a run of shows, and uh, I was hanging out with a couple of comics. And we all decided to go and get our uh, hair cut. Right. And um, I was due to be filming in Liverpool on Hollyoaks the following Tuesday. And so on the Saturday afternoon, going to a barber's with a couple of comics, we're having a laugh. Started as lunch, and then it, this is how crazy it gets. We're like, fuck it, let's go get haircuts. <laughs> and I sat down on the chair, and I was like, I'm going to go extreme. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, because I had quite a decent amount of hair. Not, not, like like, not the lion's mane that you have. No. I mean, fucking Simba. <laughs> it's incredible, mate. It's you can be my king. <laughs> um, and um, 
I have just watched that film with my kids, so it's really, really in my head at the moment. Um, it's a fucking beauty. Yeah, but the other way around. It's the other way around. Yeah. You need to. Can we get someone to lift you? <laughs> lift me out. And visually, on a podcast, that would be amazing. Colin from last week would be the ideal person to, to do that lift. Let's <laughs> Colin from last week. I love it. Um, so I sit down on the chair, and the guy just attacks me with the, the clippers. And then I just went, stop! <laughs> Fuck! Oh, no, stop! And I just had this massive track of hair missing. And that's when I remembered, I ha- I'm... I'm on Hollyoaks again, and I need to look exactly the same as I did. <laughs> and now I've ju- I'm just missing a whole heap of wow. hair. And I sat there going, what do I do? Do I leave it at that? Like, maybe they can cover that up. Just film you from the other side. Why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Rock and Bob always looking to the right? Exactly. Room? But then I had, I had shows on Saturday night, Sunday night. Uh, and I was like, I can't go on. Like, and I was like, fuck. All right, do it. And then I showed up to filming on the Tuesday. But I told my agent, and my agent was like, you are what we describe in the business as an idiot. <laughs> and uh, I was coming up with all these elaborate reasons and stuff like that. And the, <laughs> the reason we gave them was that I was on stage uh, at Late and Live, um, and we decided to try and raise some money. <laughs> and I was a bit drunk, and... Uh, Someone said, oh, I bet, no, bet all you comedians are too scared to get your head shaved for charity. And I was like, I'll do it. So I created this massive narrative, <laughs> yeah. um, which is what we told them, and they weren't, they weren't happy with it. And I've never gone from, like, hero to zero so brutally. Yeah. So that first day that I was there, um, I think just because I knew my lines, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, they were really happy with me. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and then when I showed up that next day, it was like persona non fucking grata. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. Wow. It was horrible. I've hey. never felt so unwelcome. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, it didn't screw up the storyline at all. I mean, you were dead in the first... I, I was mean, dead. I've come, exactly. I've come out of life. I've lost a bit of hair. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's how I'd have got around it. I've been in hospital. I was like, just, <laughs> can't we just wrap a bandage around my head? But you had a heart attack. Nothing to do with your head. I knocked my head on the way down. No one's going to care. And so it was a big thing in my life at that time. And so yeah. I was just waiting for the episodes to come out. I was like, people are going to really grill me on. No one gave a shit. Of course they didn't. Even the people watching it forgot that I was on the episode before. <laughs> I love the fact that you did it a week later and they'd only decided to put you in. So they must have written the whole next week's script that week. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god! It um, yeah, it was. Uh, I'd love to say it was good times. Yeah, uh, the first day was. Yeah, first day was real good times. I love it when um, uh, the best known of known for cuts a story like that. That's you never. That's what. That's why it's worth persisting with. That's why it's still happening. Do you is think it's still they going? Should... It is still going. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. If I... I like Hollyoaks late. Hollyoaks late is a it bit. Was Hollyoaks late? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. It's a bit sexier, isn't it? It's yeah, a bit. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. They should do that with all the shows. They were doing. It's, it was. My storyline was they were doing a drug deal with oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Moroccan But boy. then you died, but then came back then to life. Yeah, yeah. fell out. Don't take drugs, kids. <laughs> I improvised a line in it. Did you? Yeah. Because um, I had like a Hawaiian shirt on and I was sweaty. And, uh, and I, you know, I was trying to intimidate them. Um, and uh, I had a, in the script, it was something like, um, I open the bag and show me the money and I'm watching you. Um, and that was basically the line, right? 
But I said, I'm watching you. But And then I turned to a good-looking one and I went, look at you. You've made my nipples go hard. <laughs> and I just started roughing my nipple and I went, I'm watching you, but my nipples are watching you. And they fucking loved it, wow. right? <laughs> loved it. <laughs> just rubbing my nipples on Hollywood Lake. Hollywood, Hollyoaks Lake. Yeah, you wouldn't get, around, you wouldn't get that on Hollyoaks, but Hollyoaks yeah. later. Yeah, it's sexy, later. man. It's sexy. So, Jared Christmas. That's my name, Rich. You're born in Christchurch. Um, Have you been on Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah, it's all wrong. Oh, okay. It's all wrong. Right, where were you born? Uh, I was born in a place uh, right at the north of the North Island in New Zealand called Kaitaia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they didn't put it on Wikipedia because it's really hard to spell. (laughs) It's a tiny town. There's a small military base there. My dad was in the New Zealand Army. Okay. So I was born there. Uh, and then we moved all over the place. Yeah. So yeah. we came to the UK in... 2000. Yeah. Yeah. What, what brought you here? Was stand it comedy? Up. Yeah. Stand up, yeah. I started doing stand up in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand in 1998. Um, and I actually met a... I was working part-time at a radio station called More FM. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is the 90s for you, right? I was driving the um, the breakfast hosts around um, and I only had a learner's license but they, they never asked me what my what license I had right. and they said can you drive can you drive the truck and I was like yep and <laughs> just driving around these major celebrities New Zealand celebrities um, they're still valid guys um, and uh, I was just on my learner's license uh, and you know they were doing a live broadcast from the truck and um I got outed on radio by one of them um, in that I'm driving along and one of the guys says to the other one, look, Phil, uh, guys don't say this enough to each other, but I love you. And Phil's this gruff old man and he's like, oh, God. And then the younger guy says to me, Jared, do you love Phil? And I was like, Phil, I love you. And Phil went, yeah, that's because you're gay. (laughs) And... um, and I'm just driving and I went, oh, what a way for my mum to find out. <laughs> and, but all that was perfectly acceptable right. on radio yeah. back then. And then I had, you know, it was a big show. So I had mates for weeks going, are you gay? <laughs> it was blatantly a joke. And I'm like, yeah, but are you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did they find out about you not being able to legally drive? No, they with? never found out. If they're listening now. Yeah, imagine. Oh, 22 years ago. Oh. <laughs> and you live near, you live locally, right? You live yeah, in Bath. What, what, in what the... attracted you? Everywhere you could live in the UK. Have you to... seen Bath? Yeah, Bath's lovely, but you don't live in Bath. I don't live in Bath because no. we couldn't afford Bath. Yeah, it's very expensive. Um, I live so on the Royal just... Crescent. <laughs> we started broadening our search. <laughs> I came to, you know, we, we sold up. We were in, uh, in Surbiton. Right. Um, and uh, thought we'd made a lot of money on selling our house there. And we're like, let's go to Bath. We're <laughs> going to Bath with Surbiton money. <laughs> and then we got to Bath and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, so we're near Froome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just kept moving out until we were like, yeah, that's, that's our price range. Yeah. yeah. Has it been a good, good move? Do you like living in the countryside? Has it been good uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, in all honesty, um, it took a lot for me <laughs> to do it because I thought every, my whole dream was London. Yeah. You know, I moved from New Zealand. You know, I was like, I want to be in London. That's where stand-up is. London, 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 London. And I thought, if I move out of London, my career's over. And so I, I did move out here thinking, well... 
this guy's put out to pass you. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out you can do a stand-up career from pretty much fucking anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you know, you, you, will, you can tour everywhere. And Bath's not a bad... This area's not a... It's lovely. Not the, it's not the perfect place to tour from, but it's not bad. It's not, no, you know... It's, it's fine. You can get to most places yeah. and get home from most places, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Do you... Yeah. Do, it's fine. I've got train options to London. Uh, yeah. I can go to Bath and get like the 14 past the hour. <laughs> I can get that guy. Or I can go to Westbury. <laughs> yeah, get the hour and 10 train to Westbury. Yeah. No, Westbury to London? Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm I could back. go to Bradford on Avon if I want to see how the other half lives. <laughs> Ooh. And I could get on the way back, get off at Trowbridge. Whoa. <laughs> Full spectrum. Really playing. Really got playing it. to the you local got, crowd here. Got this crowd. Got this crowd. <laughs> Anybody listening to this podcast is like, I'm going to have to Google these fucking places. <laughs> have the people of the area welcomed you despite, you know, you not being from round here? Uh, yeah. And you, and you should go back from where you came. Is <laughs> yeah. what, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, when I, I'm, so I'm in a little village. Yeah. Right. Uh, and when I first moved, like within a week, uh, my wife's at work and she rings me up and she said, you need to get down to the bus stop that is opposite the uh, cafe forward slash post office forward slash shop. Um, because for years, a bus, the bus network didn't go through the village. Right. And so the villagers, uh, and I like calling them that, because it sounds like one pitchfork away from stabbing a stranger. Um, <laughs> but the villagers campaigned heavily and effectively for years, and finally the bus service came back through the village. Right. And so I've been there for a week, and my wife said, you need to get down there. Um, because they're going to welcome the first bus <laughs> back through. And at no point did I go, that sounds ridiculous. I, just, I was just like, yep, I'm there. And then she said, you need to wear something purple and hung up on me. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I've got. Um, but anyway, I go out and there's probably easily 20 people at this bus stop. And the excitement in the air. It is buzzing, mate. Buzzing. Yeah. The bus comes through. These are people... This is a bus that goes from Froome to Bath. And it was like 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> so there's people commuting. They're on their way. They've got shit to do. Yeah. And suddenly they see 20 people waiting at a bus stop. <laughs> the bus pulls up. We all get on the bus and we shake the driver's hand... The lady who owned the cafe at the time had made shitloads of hot chocolates <laughs> and she'd made cupcakes. And so we're handing out cupcakes and stuff on the bus. We get the driver off the bus. We all pose in front of the bus, get a photo. And these people on the bus going, have these people never seen a fucking <laughs> bus? We caused such a scene that a youth took off his headphones. That's how... <laughs> that's how serious this was, right? And... It was in that moment that I realised this is so different from London. Because if, <laughs> if I tried to delay a bus in London by even 30 <laughs> seconds with hot chocolate and cupcakes, I would have come off that bus drenched in hot chocolate with a cupcake up my ass. <laughs> and I think that was one of the moments that I thought, I think I'm going to quite like it in this village because <laughs> this is just the right side of bonkers. Absolutely. Did anyone from the village get on the bus? That's the if no, no, no. none of us. None of us. None of us got on the bus. Thanks for stopping here. Yeah. You never needed to. On yeah, you go. On you go. The driver's driving away, going. This is why we stopped coming through this weird place. <laughs> yeah. 
So I like the village. I yeah, really like. I, know, it I like nice. village life. It is nice when it's yeah. like that. I live in a village, and it is. It is. It is. We don't. We don't welcome the bus. <laughs> But maybe we will when it inevitably stops. Yeah, you've got to stop a bus. Yeah. 20 people. Get on there. So you are, you're the second person I've had on this podcast who is well-known for appearing in a pot noodle commercial. Oh, here we go. I've had the, um, I don't think you can, you know, raise a, a pot noodle to him, but we had Too Gorgeous Peter Bainham on. Did you, do you remember Peter Bainham doing it? Too Gorgeous. Remember that? You might probably no. went in the country. Uh, to look, be fair. when I when I took the pot noodle ad, I didn't do my research. Okay, you've got to you've on... got to go back through yeah. the, through the canon to work out how you're going to where, where I sit. Yeah, where you sit. There yeah. might be references think, to him. I think it was about the eighth series yeah. of pot noodles that I that I came in and I didn't watch any of the <laughs> previous. Watch any ones. Of the others. It wouldn't yeah. have made any sense to you. <laughs> I'm not sure if pot noodles makes sense. How, how what was your, what were your pot noodles? You did quite a lot of pot noodle lovers. Uh, we did uh, we did three. Uh, I, lo- I love calling them series. We did. Three yeah, series. Three series. Three episodes. Three eps each series. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, it's quite ridiculous because the first series of Pot Noodle Ads that I was in <laughs> uh, was directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah. And then, I know, right? Who did... Uh... Look, they wanted Fly to the Concord <laughs> and um, I auditioned for <laughs> the Pot Noodle Ads and the first idea that they had and then I had a meeting with them, and the ad guys literally said to me, in a Costa coffee, we really want Fly La Concords. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not, I'm not Fly La Concords. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we're flying out to New York tomorrow to watch them a show, and then we're going to pitch the idea to them. And I was like, that's great. Why am I here? <laughs> and they said, well, we just really enjoyed your audition. Um, and, and I was like, know. what, so now I have to m- meet you for you to let me know you're going to go with other New Zealanders? Um, anyway, they went to New York, found out they were going to be too expensive, so they came back to me. And, um, and Taika had directed some of those episodes, so that, right. I think they were desperate to get a Fly the Concords flavour. Yeah. Um, and they didn't take into consideration that I can't sing. Um, the other guy in the advert absolutely could. He's a fucking great singer. Um, and, uh, but... The second series was directed by Garth Jennings. Wow, okay. Yeah, they really pulled out the fucking stops, yeah. man. Yeah. And, um, but in that first series, uh, a representative of Unilever, who owns Pot Noodle, said to me, um, do you want a year's supply of Pot Noodle? <laughs> and I said, um, yeah, that will be one Pot Noodle. <laughs> And I'll be honest, mate, I won't finish it. <laughs> and one of the ad guys pulled me aside and said, you shouldn't be saying that sort of thing to... <laughs> and then I went on uh, Rod Gilbert's BBC Wales uh, radio show and he <laughs> asked me a question, would you rather eat a pot noodle yeah. or a, um, a cat that has, is roadkill... Um, Let me write this one down. This is sound, this sounds said, good for me. <laughs> well, mate, straight away, right? Yeah, yeah. The comedic answer is, I mean, I'll eat the cat, yeah. right? And then on the Monday, my agent's ringing me up going, OK, so I'm just going to read out part of your contract. <laughs> uh, and she said, uh, the pot noodle people have heard the radio show and they have heard you say that um, and they could ask for the money back. And so I was just fucking shitting myself. Because right. in, the, in the contract, it says, I can't besmirch the brand or something yeah. like that. And I basically said, oh, I said, 
I said, I'll eat the cat. There'll be more nutrition in it. That was, Ooh. I think that's the, that was the bit they were upset about. That is um, pretty bad. Because yeah. I remember Peter Bainham, they were trying to convince, when Peter did it, they were trying to convince people that pot noodles were nutritious. But <laughs> they aren't nutritious. So legally, they weren't allowed to say in the advert, pot noodles are nutritious. Yeah. So what Peter said in, had to say in the advert was, what's all this about pot noodles being nutritious? And then saying, I don't want them to be nutritious. I, want, I don't like fatty yeah. food, but they're not nutritious. Mate. But they got the idea they were nutritious. You're going to be in trouble again with pot. They're going to come back for the money now. Well, the money if you spent oh, no, all... years ago. Yeah. Years ago. I'm out of contract. Yeah, okay, They've good. done probably three, three other series without me yeah, now. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, I think they... So one of the pot noodle adverts was about uh, they'd cut the salt in the, uh, right. in one of the, in the Bombay bad boy. <laughs> Um, and they'd cut it the by... The salt's the best bit, to be fair, though. They'd cut it by 50%. Right. And you looked on the nutrition thing, and I did this on set, I looked on the nutrition thing, and it still said 70% of your daily intake. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so before you cut it 50%, you'd eat a pot noodle and be like, oh, it feels like I'm sucking off the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> They were, look, they were really fun, the adverts. And, um, and one of them was a high school musical piss take. Yeah. And the extras all had to sign documents saying that they knew how to operate a kettle. Because <laughs> they, were, they were like kids in the background, sort of, you know, like 12, 13. And they all, they had to have interviews with their parents, with the kids. And they all had to say, yes, my child knows how to operate a kettle. Wow. We had a, a line in a, I'm so excited, I just wet my pants. And that had to go through so many lawyers going, are you taking the piss out of incontinence? Uh, and it delayed filming. Right. Do you know what I mean? And they were like, but we, it was just fuck, so much weird shit was happening. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I loved it. I'm glad, I'm glad again it works. Let's see how this goes. You're okay. also the second person, maybe there's more. I think there might be more. Actually, you might be the third person. Uh, who uh, starred in the sitcom The Persuasionists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had Adam Buxton. Was Ian Lee in it? Adam, but my character bullied Adam Buxton right. all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Adam... It wasn't Adam's finest hour, I think, by his own admission, The Persuasionists. I don't think it was anybody. <laughs> um, I, look, I'm going I'm to clarify. I think we were all really good in it yeah. with what we had. Okay. Um, and... For me, I went into that. I was like, oh, my God. I thought my life was changed. I was like, BBC sitcom with Simon Farnaby, Daisy Haggard, Adam Buxton. I'm on my way. <laughs> I can watch out, everybody. Here he comes. And it got panned. It did get panned. So hard. Um, and there were, there were times with the script where it didn't work. And so we all went away and wrote alternatives. And you've got fucking Adam Buxton script editing for you, and they didn't accept it. Right. <laughs> we had Simon just... Farnaby, you wrote for the Paddington movies. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. Um, uh, Horrible Histories. Horrible and, histories yeah. and they just didn't use any other option. They just went, no, no, this is how it's... And it's like, fuck, it's not, it's not working. Yeah. But um, I learned a lot on that. A lot. Uh, I had an amazing time. Um, and my naivety just was, looking back on it, was fucking beautiful. I remember we, we, halfway through filming, the uh, comedy commissioner of the BBC left 
And I just didn't, I'd heard about it, but I didn't think it was a thing. And I rock up on set and the atmosphere was like, well, that's us dead in the water. We are dead. And I was like, what what are you on about? And they're like, well, the new commissioner coming in isn't going to champion a project commissioned by the last commissioner. So we're going to get put out at an awful time. There's going to be no, and I'm like, but they spent so much money on this. Like, they wouldn't do that to us. <laughs> they spent a lot of money on us. And they're like, no, no, we're, we're dead in the water. And that's absolutely what, what happened. And yeah. I was like, fucking how many? I don't think, I think if we'd been able to go to a second series, it could have been good. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been a masterpiece. It could have been good, though. There was, was a good amazing, dynamic it's a, it's between the cast. It's an amazing, really amazing cast. Yeah. You just, yeah, you've listened to that cast. It was a lovely maybe. dynamic between yeah. the cast. And um, I realised, like, I had a moment, because it was in front of a live audience. The first episode, the audience wranglers fucked up and got on the Blue Rinse Brigade. So, so our first episode was recorded in front of 80, 80-year-olds. 80 and it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, but in one of the episodes, the, the warm-up uh, basically panicked and couldn't do their job. And so I sort of stepped in and just, you know, bantered with them and all that. And I, in that moment, I'd done warm-up before. Yeah. I'd done acting before. I was doing stand-up material. And I was like, oh, my God, this is all my... It feels like my life is built up to this. <laughs> and then I booked a tour in for when it was going to be released. And uh, then uh, <clears throat> promptly cancelled it. So that oh. no, was all right. Yeah. It it's, you know, it's, Hasn't it it turned is... out too bad. No, it's br- it is a brutal business, though, and that that thing, you know, that I've been falling victim to that so much. Whether oh, yeah. and the commission, the people making the choices change it all the time. So all it's time. very rare you get one for more than a couple of years. Yeah. Sometimes, but ironically, the one who didn't like me and Stu stayed in for about ten years, but uh, <laughs> to make sure we never came back. But uh, <laughs> that's that's the only reason she was there. But yeah, it's so ridiculous, and it should, you know, it should be. But yeah, it, it just felt like a massive yeah. waste of money. Yes. You know, of our money, of our money, because it's the yeah, license money. Of course. Yeah. And it was like all because one person is like, oh, no, I don't yeah. want, because that's the glory for someone else. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're going, meanwhile, I was going, but this is my dream. Guys, <laughs> this is my dream. <laughs> I also learned how to say the word detritus. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good to know. I don't even seen it written down. <laughs> <laughs> so I was calling it detritus. Detritus. And, uh, you know, do the first take, detritus. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I was like, I'm saying detritus. You know, there's heaps of rubbish on the floor. It's detritus. Detritus. Am I, it is detritus. Yeah, it is yeah. detritus. See, even now I'm still a bit... <laughs> it's like when I, uh, when I did an episode of Jonathan Creek. Yeah. <sighs> Miming a cigarette. Um, LAUGHTER uh, there was this, I was playing a New Zealander because I've got a very broad range. <laughs> and um, I, I had, a, in a scene, I had to say the words, um, and since that news broke, more women have come forward with similar complaints. And uh, the director stops me and goes, are you, saying, are you saying woman or women? I was like, well, I'm from New Zealand, so that's how we say woman. He's like, yeah, but it's a group of women. Women. I was like, yeah, but in New Zealand, like, there's one woman and then there's a group of women. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's any New Zealanders here, but they'll hear the difference. Like, there's, there is a difference. Uh, and, like, they just, and I was like, do you want me to say women? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, it's going to sound weird because I'm going to go English on one, 
one word. And everyone's laughing and all that, but I'm also going, I'm here for a day. I don't want to be the guy who slows the whole fucking production down because he can't say women. So I'm then doing takes going, and since that news broke, more women have come forward. And they're like, no, don't hit the word women. And I was like, I'm not hitting any women. And on about the eighth take, right, I finally, you know, did what they needed. I'm going, and since that news broke, more women have come forward with similar complaints. And the director went, ah, you're right, it does sound weird. (laughs) So he just went back and did it all again. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was fun, though. Good. It's good. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, there's so much to talk to you about. And it's, it's amazing. You know, you're, you are, I have to say, as this is showing, I hope, to people, that you're a fantastic stand-up. And you've, you oh, know, thanks, I've, I've, you know, I've gigged with you a few times. It's all, you know, you're such a presence on stage. Is that a play on the, my surname? <laughs> that I'm presence, yeah. presence on stage. It wasn't, but let's do it. I'm fucking leaving. Let's, uh, let's, let's go. It's like let's high school. Go. We're off. Just when I said you're a good stand-up, and then you do, <laughs> then you do that and ruin everything. Um, but no, yeah, I appreciate that, because... When I started stand-up in New Zealand, um, I, fuck, it was ages ago I was talking about working radio station. I, and the reason I brought it up is because there was an English bloke working there and uh, he handed me a cassette tape of um, a compilation of British comedy that he'd put together. And he said, I think you should listen to this. And Fist of Fun was on it. Wow. And the line that stuck with me, I don't even know the context of it, was uh, tighter than a gnat's chunk. Yeah. And in all honesty, I was 18. I'd never heard the word chuff. And I didn't really know what a gnat was. Um, In New Zealand, we call them sandflies. And because that's usually where they hang out. Um, So I didn't know. I'd still got that it was a funny line. It sounds, it's fun to say. And mate, I committed to Nat's chuff. I committed, I dropped it into sentences where it wasn't fucking needed. <laughs> Saying to my mates, oh, it's tighter than Nat's chuff. And they're like, what the hell are you on about, mate? 
It was like the time I tried to pick a fight with some adults when I worked at a supermarket, um, pushing trolleys, uh, and uh, the supermarket was called Pack and Save. Uh, although the amount of money they paid us per hour, I called it Pack and Slave. Um, but I was pushing trolleys, and they knocked a heap of my trolleys over. Right. And so I confronted them. I was 15, and these were proper adults, three of them. <laughs> they could have been in their, like, 20s. Yeah. But my perception was they were bigger than me. Um, and one of them had facial hair. So I went up to them and I said, oh, I saw what you did with my trolleys. And one of them said, what, you're going to fight us over this? And I just watched the movie Tombstone with um, Val Kilmer and um, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. And Val Kilmer's got a line, I'm your huckleberry. I didn't know what that line meant. But it came out in that moment. You want to fight us over these trolleys? I'm your huckleberry. Yeah, and they all went, you're our what? And then I realised this hasn't worked. Um, And one of them pulled my tie, which was a clip-on tie, pulled that off. And they threw it to the ground. And then they walked past me. And all I remember is standing there just going, I'm your huckleberry. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? And even to this day, I don't quite know why it didn't work. I think, you know, just it's such a weird thing to say. I think it would have, a lot of people would have just been scared off by that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what I'm, the fuck is this guy? I've done my research on it now. Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, experts on Westerns and stuff like that are like, I think, it, I think it was a thing, but I don't think it was a hugely popular. So oh. even in the time and place it was meant to be in, <laughs> people still would have been like, I'm your what? <laughs> and out of everything in that movie, that's the line I fucking took. Yeah. Weird. What anyway, do you, do you think of Huckleberry Hound, I think, as well. Of that, yeah, that, yeah, of that course. Would, that would be your go-to. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm your small cartoon dog. I know. Doesn't work, does it? Doesn't work. I was panicked, mate. My ass squeezed up like a gnat's chuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can ask you an emergency question. Please Just do. Ran- random. Random. Uh, random. It's random. Um, which two different and incompatible animal species would you most like to interbreed in a cruel genetic experiment? And what kind of creature do you imagine this unholy union would create? If you could do that. You might be able to do it. I love that you've come up with this question. (laughs) Sitting at a desk and just going, fucking yeah. Because the platypus is kind of it, isn't it? Yeah, platypus is is brilliant. But that's been done. Fucking God's done it already. (laughs) Or evolution. Fucking don't at me. Um, I... Uh, really like tigers. Yeah. So let's go with tiger. Tiger. Tiger's a good start. Tiger is a good start. Um, and I'll tell you what I don't like. Yeah. Snails. Okay. <laughs> so I reckon a tiger snail could be pretty impressive. Be pretty good. Like, oh no, here it comes! Oh, we've got time. We've got time. It's good. We've got time, guys. It's fine. I like the difference. Just go in into its little shell. <laughs> curling up into its big shell, I imagine. It's a, it's a tiger-sized size. It could just shell. be a normal tiger with a fucking with a sh- shell on it. Yeah. And then it's actually scary. Yeah. Isn't it? It is scary. Because <laughs> it's got attack and defense. It's an all-rounder. <laughs> Mate. Good answer. Tiger snail. Snarliger. 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 Snail tiger. <laughs> snail tiger. Tiger snail. Far out. Yeah. Naming things is hard, eh? It is. <laughs> Ask my kids. 
Right, I wanted, there's so much I want to talk to you about. We've got time. We've got um, time. We've got time, we've got time. You, I mean, you've done a few pantos, which I again have. is a very British tradition, but you were in a, a panto with uh, Priscilla Presley, I know. I was, yeah. That was the first panto I ever did. Was it? Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what panto was. No, that's what I, that's what I wondered. Uh, and after the first day of rehearsal, I was like, oh, it's overacting. <laughs> I can do that! <laughs> um, yeah, I did uh, panto with Priscilla Presley, and then... The next one I did was with Marcus Brigstock and Vern Troyer. Oh, yes. Uh, Mini-Me. Um, uh, and that was, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> He's gone now. You can tell us all about him. <laughs> he can't, they can't libel the dead. <laughs> he, um, a lot of porn stars came to watch that panther. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he was a tiny man, but he was big in the porn world. And genuinely, I would say every, every two or three shows... <laughs> There'd just be porn stars in the audience. And they don't dress conservatively. <laughs> and I would do... I had a bit where I would have five minutes bantering with the audience. And they'd always be near the front because they'd get tickets through him. So he'd get them really good seats. And you'd just see these very scantily clad women amongst families. <laughs> and... Could just see dads going, I really recognise her. <laughs> I don't know what I recognise her from. Um, and then they'd all come backstage and meet him afterwards and you just walk past his dressing room and it, it would always be open slightly and you just walk past going, oh my... God. Like, they weren't getting up to anything. No. They were just chatting with him and wanting his autograph and wanting photos with him. Uh, but that was weird. He also made a very bad cup of tea. <laughs> And um, we kept saying, uh, but I pulled him up on it. He made me a really bad cup of tea. This is early in the, in the run. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he said, oh, have a cup of tea with me. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, and he did it. It was dreadful. And I took a sip and I went, this is shit, mate. And he was like, yeah, um, I heard British people really are particular on their cups of tea. And I was like, well, yeah, but this is just sh- Shit, like you don't need to be particular. This is just, I don't know what you've done. <laughs> um, I, think, I think what he did was uh, just put a tea bag in milk. Yeah. <laughs> that was the vibe I picked up. Right. And he said, um, he said that none, the rest of the cast, most of them had had a cup of tea with them and, and they hadn't made a comment at all. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is the, this is the, conflict of British people, isn't it? Is they're very particular about their cup of tea, but they're also very polite. And he was forcing that into conflict. Yeah. Of going, oh, I want to tell him it's shit, but that's rude. <laughs> yeah. It was just amazing. He was up for a laugh. He was, he was good times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm up in Leicester. Yeah. Leicester for the third time this year at De Montford Hall. Yeah. And I've done something audacious, Richard. What is it? I've booked myself to do a solo stand-up show at De Montford Hall oh, wow. in February next year. <laughs> right. Thinking, if just, if just a handful of them from the panto come right. and see me, I might be, able to, might be able to get a few hundy in there. Yeah. A few hundy in there. So you Ridiculous. can mention it at every panto, because the yeah. panto is, a, is a, a, a movable feast, so you can say anything you want. I yeah. presume they let you... Well, not anything you want. They didn't, <laughs> yeah. they didn't let me do this joke last okay. year. <laughs> no, so I, it was Cinderella last year I was playing part of Buttons 
And uh, in my opening monologue, I was saying about, I'm an internet, ooh, I'm an international buttons. And there's international buttons all out there. And I said, you know, uh, people keep mistaking me as other international buttons. Um, and I've got to remember the wording of it. Because um, that's vital with jokes. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Um, thanks, thanks for the tip. <laughs> Basically, there was, I had a joke in it of, um, and I was all dressed in blue, and I said, I'm New Zealand button, I'm all dressed in blue, my cousin, he's Russian, and he's all dressed in red, but they stopped that because Putin kept trying to push that red button, and they were like, yeah, let's not, let's not have that joke in there. And then I, had, I wrote another joke for it of, um, uh, are you the, the button's that uh, doesn't go to work anymore? And I said, no, he's finished. Uh, are you the buttons that just hangs around people's necks all the time? I was like, no, he's Thai. Are you the buttons, <laughs> are you the buttons that has a lot of uh, ladies to your house? No, he's Himalayan. And uh, that got denied. <laughs> didn't, didn't get it. I mean, obviously, because it wasn't funny. Um, <laughs> This isn't a panto crowd, Richard. It's not a panto crowd. They're no, very not pick, sophisticated. Not picking up the panto vibe. They have to do sophisticated jokes about William Herschel for this audience. That's, that's what they like. Yeah. So. Got to know your I, crowd. I went to Amsterdam and I went to the Van Gogh Museum and uh, weirdly lost my left ear pod. It's good. See, they're, like, they're very... They, yeah, they're, okay. they're people who like to think they're intellectual. <laughs> so if they hear a reference, they'll laugh. That's, nice. that's, 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 you've got, like you've them. got them. You've got them. Look, you, you mean you do fantastic stand-up, fantastic acting. Uh, you are. Uh, do, you, do you do lots of uh, kid shows? You were yeah. in a kid show called The Joke Machine on CBBC. Which I was. Yeah, yeah. So what was the what was the premise of that? Uh, the premise was that was uh, kids would tell me a joke and right. then I'd rip the shit out of them. <laughs> Great. Um, if I didn't think the joke was funny, uh, I was playing an alien in a spaceship and we beamed them into my spaceship, and they told me a joke. And if I didn't like it, I'd hit a button and a hammer would squash them <laughs> or a dinosaur would come in and eat them Great. or they'd get ejected out into space. Um, or if I liked it, they'd celebrate and all that sort of stuff and get beamed back to their, back to their school. Great. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, all the jokes were pre You know, the production crew had gone to different schools and filmed the kids telling jokes. And then I was in a studio for five days... <laughs> Do you have to add, add lib stuff? Or yeah, ad libbing on every joke. Wow. And look, kids, they're cool. I'm, I'm, I think kids are all right. But fuck me. They repeat a lot of material. <laughs> a lot. One that kept coming up was, what do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. Yeah. Uh, and every now and then a real genius one would come through, like a kid said... What, uh, why did the toilet paper not cross the road? Right. Because it was stuck in a crack. <laughs> and that joke, in all honesty, I've taken it. <laughs> and that's my joke when, uh, just in everyday life, people are like, oh, you're a comedian, tell us a joke. <laughs> yes. I, that's the joke I tell. It's always security guards, you know, when you're trying to get into a venue, and they're like, oh, you're a comedian, are you? Tell us a joke. And I used to go, well, I'm not on the clock right now, mate. I mean... You know, on your day off, you don't stop people entering buildings, do you? And then, <laughs> and then I go, oh, look, judging by the size of you. You know, and that would get me in trouble. Um, so I never really had an answer for that. I don't know if you have a... No, I don't. I'm, I'm very bad at remembering jokes, but for, yeah, the one I do is um, what's brown and taps at your window, a poo on stilts. Like that's, that. that's my... 
I good like joke. it a lot. Good joke. But that's the only one I can remember. I like it a lot. That's great. <laughs> um, and I, so I do a, a live kids show now called the Mighty Kids Beatbox Comedy yes. Show with an incredible beatboxer called Hobbit who uh, is a world champion uh, beatboxer, UK champion, loop station. Like, he's proper talented, eh? And, um, and then I dick around. Um, but this year in Edinburgh, we had a comedy club section of getting kids to, to tell us jokes. Right. Um, and most of the time it went great. Um, and there was one show where a kid said, what's black and white and red all over? Uh, nuns being attacked with chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one to try and spin, you know, having younger, younger kids there going, uh, what does he mean? It's like, oh, we're moving on, we're moving on. It's kind of, it's, that's such an old joke, and like it's so old, the actual original version of that joke, which is the answer is a newspaper. Yes. Um, it's such an old joke, it's sort of surprising a kid would be, would be able to... to, to Twist it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I really, loved it. I yeah. thought it was incredible. Uh, and another one that came up a couple of times that, there were two jokes that came up a, a, a few times that would always absolutely slay. Um, it was, uh, what do you call a, a bee that provides milk? Yeah. A booby. Good. Um, and the other one is an Olaf falafel joke because we were obviously getting a lot of kids that were seeing his show, his kids' show, um, and it was, what do you call a Spanish man uh, who lives in your bathroom? Um, Senior butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and a surprising amount of times that joke came up, and I was like, "You've seen, you've seen Olaf Falafel," and I like it. <laughs> Very good. That's, I guess that's how jokes then become a joke that everybody tells, right? Yeah, yeah. That, isn't that the isn't that the holy grail for comedians? Isn't yeah, it? I mean, a, a joke, joke that you wrote suddenly becomes. A joke, joke for everyone. I mean, yeah, it would. I, you know, I would love to be able to write stuff like that. I can't. I'm not. I'm, that's not really where I'm at. But it must be annoying to be the guy who comes up with one of those jokes that then just becomes public property and no yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. gets told no you. And you it. go, I came up with that. And they'll go, No, you didn't. I've been going around for years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, a, it's a, you know, it's interesting what appeals and what do It's so, and, and when you look at old, when you look at Victorian jokes, yeah. they absolutely make no sense Nothing. at all. So what made sense, you just go, fucking, that's not even a sentence. Those words don't even work in the ne- next to each other. Um, so it's, you know, it's amazing how it changes and what grabs people. Yeah. And kids are, you know, kids are a great audience for that. They're a well. tough audience. I mean, though. I like them when they're little and they make up, they know what jokes are, but they... They know the format, but, but they, they don't, don't know, know how, to do, how it, yeah. to do it. Yeah. My youngest daughter uh, came up with a joke that she committed to for fucking years, <laughs> um, which was, why did the bunny jump in the puddle? Because it wanted to get all muddy. <laughs> <laughs> You need someone to drop, drop yeah. some glasses at that point to Perfect really get timing. the laugh. Uh, someone slipped in a puddle. Uh, <laughs> but she committed to that. Yeah. Committed to that joke for fucking years. Yeah. And as a dad, and this is where I was conflicted, because as a dad, I was like, oh, good for you. But as a comic, I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. At best, it's a short story. <laughs> What my son does that really makes me laugh and really makes him laugh, and he uh, is, and it's you know, it's very in the vein of uh, Leon Herring as well. Is when he's reading a book, when he's just learning to read, 
And then he'll just start going, you know, he'll be reading it properly and he'll go, you know, whatever. It'll be like, uh, uh, when was the last time you saw a donkey? Exactly, that came up in a book he was reading. And then he'll just go, peanut pot. And then he'll go, peanut pot, peanut pot, peanut pot. And he'll just say, he'll just read everything as peanut pot. And then laugh. And go, what, why is, what does peanut pot even mean? There's no such thing as a peanut pot. And he just finds it endlessly funny. And then he'll start, you know, then he'll go back and go, okay, we'll do it, okay, we'll do it. Uh, so when was the last time you saw a peanut pot? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> peanut pot. Peanut just pot. relentless. Yeah, and he just yeah. won't ever stop. But he finds That is it very funny. Lee and Hearing, isn't it? It's very... It is. Just keep doing it until <laughs> it's funny. Just keep doing it and it gets... It does. It's true. And then keep going when it's not funny and then <laughs> yeah, keep going and then, and then, it, then comes, it gets funny. It works, comes round again. Yeah. It works. <laughs> It's interesting that he's now, because it is a really funny combination of words, and he's obviously put it together himself. Yeah. Peanut pot. It's a funny thing. It's a right. funny idea, and it's a funny combination of words. So, sorry, you've got another fucking sorry. generation of this shit coming through. Well, one my, of the two of them. One my of the oldest, well, no, actually, both of my daughters, I think, come up with this, and it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. They do it to me and my wife all the time. Um, <clears throat> ask me something. Okay. Uh, when was the last time you saw a donkey? What? When was the last Makes time? you think I care. <laughs> <laughs> it's so brutal! <laughs> and they do it... And I... Look, I'm, I'm deaf in one ear. Um, and so I'm saying, what is, like... A... <laughs> well, I fucking heard the witch laughing. <laughs> My spell is complete. Um, so I say what a lot. Also, um, my oldest daughter informed me that I've been farting in public and thinking I've been getting away with it uh, for quite a while. But it turns out, because I'm deaf in one ear, um, that my what I thought weren't loud farts were, were definitely audible. <laughs> I've done that when I've got noise-cancelling headphones on. I thought, I've got away yeah. with it, yeah. And then you go, oh, no, I didn't I know. I didn't oh, no, everyone's looking at me now. <laughs> right, we'll ask you another... We'll go, we'll go old school. We're going to do an old-school emergency question. Yes, please. Which one will it be? I like old school. Old school. Um, I watched a YouTube clip of uh, Bernard Manning on the Mrs. Merton show. Oh, my God. Where he's being funny, yeah. and then she just goes, why are you racist? <laughs> Oh, you, look it up, because it's three YouTube clips, like the whole episode, like 30 minutes, and it is tense. Yeah. It's quite amazing TV. Yeah, I vaguely remember it, but I don't, yeah. we'll have to watch it again. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. And you just don't get that anymore, do you? Does well, yeah, I don't think you get racist comics. Anymore. You don't really get too many racists <laughs> on you. Welcome There's to, no need for it now. You're welcome to start. If you As in like no to. need for someone pulling them up on a... Yeah, <laughs> you, you knew what I meant. Right, let's go. Have you ever seen a ghost, Jared Christmas? Uh, no. No. Want to. Yeah. Like, fucking really want to. Desperately want to. But no, there was one time I was about 14. Um, I was sleeping. My parents converted the garage to an out- outdoor bedroom, a sleep out. My brother got it first, but then he joined the army. So I was like, oh, fucking moving out, mum and dad. And moved into the garage. And there was, there was one night... I heard something outside and I was like, fucking hell. This is a bloody ghost. It sounded like a ghost, like a tortured sort of scream. And I go out. It's in the middle of the night, mate. It's like three in the morning. So I creep outside and I'm listening. 
is this fucking ghost? And then I hear it again. So I follow it. It's out, out the front of the house. I'm like, fucking, here we go. And then I hear it again. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to discover like a tortured fucking spirit that I get to communicate with, possibly help it find where what it needs yeah, to go. You know, all the, I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So my mind was, I was, part of me was thinking, I wish I bought my dice. But it, and it's coming from behind these bushes in our front garden. I'm like, here we fucking go, here we go, oh my God. And so I peek around the side and it was two cats fucking. <laughs> and um, if you've ever heard that, it does sound like a tortured it does, spirit. It does, it does. Um, and I've done my research on it and it's because the boy cat's willy is barbed. Yes, it's true. Yeah, Horrible. <laughs> Men are such pricks. <laughs> Even male cats. Yeah. That's, I mean, why has that happened? What's what they, what uh, they So, no. No, okay. <laughs> Good answer, though. Uh, would you rather have a hand made out of ham? A hand made out of ham? A hand made of ham. Or an armpit that dispenses sun cream? That's difficult because you like, you know, you look like you like eating, but also, <laughs> you know, are you it, it from depends New Zealand? On, you need I'll be honest, something? mate. It depends on my emotions when Does it comes it? to the yeah, eating. yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm, it's the, it's, you No, know, it's cool, mate. I'm the same, I'm the same. No, no, it's fine. I'm dealing with it. <laughs> I'm dealing with it. I know... You'd like a hand, hand made of ham, though, wouldn't you? I bet. Wow. I don't know if I'd be into eating my own hands, though. Yeah, it'd grow back. Does, does it grow back? It grows back. How often? Well, if you just nibble it, it'll grow back on the day, but if you eat the whole thing, you're going to have to wait a month to get the whole thing back. You know what so, the dilemma is, though, isn't it? <laughs> How do you make a ham hand sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Because you kind of need two... Hands for a, to make a proper hand because yeah. I want cheese, yeah, bit of mayo in there. Well, you want, a, so you want black a cheese pepper? You want a cheese hand? You're going to put the, your hands together. You can put it on it. You're going to have to get someone else to put the bread on the top. I could flip the bread on with my mouth. Yeah, you can put it. This is beautiful. So what you hand, just hand, did hand there? Cheese, yeah. What you just did there was almost contemporary dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. It was. <laughs> And I feel bad that your listeners aren't going to get to yeah, witness it's, it's, that. They were, it's weird. We're filming there, so... What? Multimedia? Yeah. Wow. There, it's mainly on you, so they'll probably just have a yeah, blurry... Yeah, leaning into it. <laughs> uh, and that mime could look like you're miming something else as yeah. well. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? <laughs> um, I, look, the uh, ridiculous part of me wants ham hands. Um, but yeah, growing up in New Zealand, hole in the ozone layer straight over us, slip, slop, slap. That was the that was the motto when yeah. we were growing up. So sunscreen coming out of my my armpits. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, that would help a lot of people. Sure. Um, and would it spray out? Would it be like a? I mean, if you, if you want, that, or would it just have... gloop out? Like, <laughs> I think you'd have control over. I think you could you'd choose the nozzle. It. You could choose the nozzle because some people like oh, a gloop. Mate, how good would a day down at the beach be? Yeah. Just walking along and going, fucking, this guy needs help. <laughs> <laughs> and then rub it in with your ham hand. I know. That's why you're not allowed to have both. Oh, you can't have both. Just imagine fun. what would happen to the ham if you had sun cream all over it. And that's, oh. that's why they can never mix the ham never hand. Never mix the two. Even like if you were married someone who'd chosen the ham hand, yeah. the sun cream up, it would be too dangerous a yeah. combination. It'd be like the tiger snail of, <laughs> of whatever this is. <laughs> whatever this is. It really would. Oh, my God. You're a, you're a very good guest, Jared. I knew you oh, would thanks be. thanks for uh, having me, very, mate. You're a very, very good guest. Um, tell us, you, do a, you run a, a club in your 
village. In my village. Is, is everyone allowed to come to yeah, that? Of course. From, of course. From all over the yeah. area? It, there's, it's a, a pub called the Cross Keys in Road Village. Right. Um, and we do it monthly. Uh, it's called Pop-Up Comedy. Popupcomedy.org. Or as I like to pronounce it, popupcomedy.org. Right. Um, same, you just get the same website. <laughs> or, uh, and we also do shows at a place called the Pear Tree Inn and a place called Whitley, which is about 20 minutes from here as well. Um, occasionally do stuff in Froome. And once a year we do the Road Comedy Festival. We've just had it. I asked you to do you it. You did, I couldn't do it. Um, he said it. he had to wash his hair. Yeah, um, takes a long time. And, uh, yeah, we just did five nights there. Um, 450 people a night sort of under an amazing stretch tent on a campsite called Pitch Perfect. Um, yeah, it was great. And, and you're still... You, I'm, I'm assuming you're still... You're a fantastic compare, especially. Yeah. You love comparing. I'm assuming you're still going around the country as well. You're not yeah, just, yeah, I still get... I mean, I'm 43. It's very young. It's a very 43, young. yes. Yeah, I'm 43. Very... But, yeah, fucking... Run... It's tiring. Um, I love stand-up. I love it. And actually going to Edinburgh this year and doing my solo stand-up show on the Free Fringe reawakened my, my love for stand-up. Good. Um, but I want to start doing it on my own terms. Um, like being able to tour, you having this vehicle, it, it's great because yeah. you're doing it on your own terms. And I think that's fantastic. Um, but driving to fucking Manchester on a Friday... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no, I do, I do. It should be a four-hour drive. It takes me seven. I just keep thinking, I could be using my time better. And when I run gigs myself, um, sure, I'm setting it up. I do it all. I put the chairs out, set the equipment up, do the show, pack it all down. And, yeah, it's effort. But it's much better doing that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I've got control over it. Of course, it's, yeah. You know, I'm building something, and it feels, it feels good. It feels positive. Same with the kids' show. It's something different. I like to be challenged um, and hence, you know, taking roles in uh, Hollyoaks late. Um, <laughs> I like to be challenged. and But, you, you know, you, but you're also, you're able to do all these things. You're a great actor, you're a great, you know, stand-up, you're, you know, you could do kids' shows. It's like, it's great to have, and pantomimes, yeah. it's great to have that versatility. I, I think it is. I mean, sometimes I think my versatility has um, sort of, I don't know. That, I, I am very content with where I am, and it's taken a lot of uh, mental uh, fucking uh, searching on my. But you know, because yeah. this is an ego-driven business, and I moved to London when I was twenty, going, "I'm going to be fucking massive." <laughs> uh, I didn't think I was talking about my waistline. <laughs> um, stop it! Uh, like to the point that when I got to London in the two in November two thousand, I went into a telephone booth. And I had the number of the comedy store. And I phoned them up. Uh, this is, I landed at 6 a.m. And at 10 a.m. I phoned the comedy store. And I said, I would like to come and perform at your club, please. And they said, we don't know who you are. And I was like, that's all right. I know who you are. And um, I've been doing stand-up comedy in New Zealand for two years. So I'd love to come and perform at your club. And they said, well, we'll put you on the list to do an open spot. I was like, well, I can pop down this weekend if you want. And they were like, uh, that's not how, how it works. I was like, I can do 20 minutes this weekend. <laughs> Have you got space? Just squeeze me on. And I just thought that that was it. And they were like, yeah. in six months, <laughs> yeah. you can come and do five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, five minutes? 
really? And they're like, yeah. And if you fuck it up, we won't look at you again for another two years. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to fuck it up. I've easily got five minutes. And then I hit the open mic circuit and realised the 20 minutes I've been doing in New Zealand was dog shit. <laughs> and so my open spot at the comedy store was fast approaching. And I was like, I don't even think I've got the five that I thought I had. Right. You know, so my naivety pushed me a long way. But the readjusting, do you know what I mean? I had little goes at things. Yeah. You know, I did mock the week, fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I nailed it. I nailed it so hard that they were like, that guy's done it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to get him back on here to try again. You know, because some of them, they were on there all the time. Yeah. They just keep trying and trying. But I fucking clocked it the first time I did it. All right? Um, you know, I, I did the panel shows a few times. Yeah. And I don't think they suit every comic. No. I thought they might suit me, but I overthought them. I wasn't right. loosey-goosey. I was, I was like, this is really important. You have to do really well. And there's a phrase that um, a comedian told me. I think, I can't remember who it was. But the phrase is what's important, um, which is play the gig, not the occasion. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I kept doing when I did those panel shows. Because yeah. I kept thinking about the occasion. I kept thinking, if this goes well, this could change and I could get this and I could get this and I could get this and I could get this. And then I'm actually on set and they're like, Jared, you haven't said anything. And I'm like, oh, that's because I'm three years ahead in my life <laughs> imagining that this has gone well. Yeah. Um, you know, so there would be too... I put too much pressure on myself. Sure, sure. You know, so you've got to do some mental gymnastics, don't you? You do, and there's a lot of luck in all these things. And, you know, there's a lot of brilliant comedians. I think, like, it's... It, the more I do this show as well, and you talk to people and go, fuck, there's so many really funny people yeah. that, mo- you know, that the most of the country won't have... And, you know, including me, I would say, most of the country haven't even heard of, you know. Yeah. So, and it's just that luck of whether you're... You know, take the breaks, get the breaks, yeah. and take them, and you just have a good day or not. You know, yeah. where, again, those people changing roles, and you totally. might just, you know, if you're on one side of the divide, you're lucky, and if you're not, yeah. even the other side. So it's, it's also about being ready for that yeah. that moment. And uh, my my concern sometimes for uh, younger comics because it never happened when we started out. No. Right? Like no one was getting on. Certainly, when I got here in 2000, there was no one in their twenties on TV comedically. No. Um, Whereas now, the, the push for youth is, is great, and there are really good comics coming through, but my, I sometimes worry that I don't, you might become like really big too soon sure. and not have the material to back it up. You do smash live at the Apollo, then you smash another thing, then you smash another thing, and then people are wanting an hour from you. Yeah. And you're like, I've been going two years. I don't have like the fucking Chris Rock level hour, and that's yeah. what people are expecting from you. Yeah. You know, so... It must be really hard for those young ones, eh? It must be hard for them, and it's hard for the old <laughs> ones. It's a terrible, terrible business. Uh, but look, I'm, I'm glad that things are going well for you, and I'm glad you've got the panda coming up. I've carved Lester my little hole up. in the ice, and I'm fucking fishing, <laughs> and I'm hauling up some medium-sized shit. It's good. And it's good. And the big ones, they don't fit through, so I let them go. <laughs> I let those big fish go. I just, that. you know, look, I've, my family's okay I'm okay and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So, I, you know, I guess. And I'm sure cool. people will check you out then. You, mu- they, you must check Jared out if you haven't seen his set. It's fantastic. Go, find him wherever he is. Do a tour. I've got a special on YouTube. Special on YouTube. Jared Christmas live from a village pub. Good. Yeah, it's filmed in the Cross Keys, which is across the road from my house. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up the amazing Jared Christmas. Thank you. I'll see you at the back. Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Goodbye. 
You have been listening to Rahana Stapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Jared Christmas. Scan regard, do the musical stuff for these credits. I'm indebted to my friend, Chris Evans, not that one, to Ben Evans, not that one, Beck Cliff, George Lingford, everybody at The Comedia, and everybody who works on this show where it's the humblest little T-boy to the executives in the big tower in the middle of London who run the roost. This is a Sky Potato Fast and Go Faster Stripe.com production! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.